All right, what's going on, everybody? My name is Ozzy Mihangos. I'm a photographer and web video producer. And we're back with another podcast here. It's uh, it's the 1st of April. Um, again, no freaking April Fool's today. And we're back with a few stories. Um, mine are going to be regarding YouTube trying to create a TikTok competitor. A photographer captures an incredible... 16k hdr time lamps which is insane and then alphabet donates 800 million dollars to combat COVID 19. and i'm back with your co-host jackie and today i'm going to be talking about oneplus 8 pro which is a new phone coming from uh from oneplus we have not heard of them in a while and another story i'm going to cover is from International Center of Photography, which I didn't know was a thing. And they want your images of the pandemic. Is that it? Wait, were those two or three? Hmm? Were those two or three? I have two. Oh, okay. Uh, Okay, so let's start off with this really short one because I already mentioned it yesterday, which was Alphabet, so the parent company of Google, is donating $800 million. And I, and I think out of all the companies that have donated, I mean, we mostly hear the CEOs donating. Um, like, you know, you have Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates and Elon Musk. Actually, I don't know about Jeff Bezos. Let me, yeah, let me I was going to say, like, did, did he really, though? I don't think so. He's asking us for to donate. Let me check on that one. I'll get back to that one tomorrow. But basically, uh, I think they're, they're doing a pretty good job. And that's a good chunk of money. Uh, so they essentially are going to give 645, oh wait, sorry, misreading that, $800 million uh, to produce medical supplies. Uh, part of it is going to go for the medical supplies. And I think what's really great is that they're going to also be giving ad money to the small and medium-sized businesses because it's a very interesting dynamic right now what's happening that everybody is on the internet, but nobody's buying. And I think definitely small businesses and medium-sized businesses need the, you know, the power of the ad right now more than anything. <clears throat> and yeah, it's really weird. Cause like, I don't feel like people want to buy from large businesses, but that's who we're buying from, you know, it's, it makes absolutely no sense. That, that sense did not make sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, I feel like we have been buying from small businesses way more often, and then we just kind of don't realize it. And then yeah. once this stuff hits, it's like, oh, shoot, I, I want my $8 latte, man. $8 latte, man? Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> I, would, I am all about the, like, 20-cent iced coffee. Yeah, it's like, it, it makes sense that we're buying from the bigger businesses because they they can clearly do it at a much faster pace. And I think we've just been so accommodated to Amazon's speed, you know, like we talked about this over the past few days, like how fast is really fast. How fast do we re- absolutely need this? And the, it, like, like a small business cannot compete in that way. I don't know any local supermarkets around here, but there's absolutely no way that they would be able to compete with Amazon's delivery time, even with four days, right? Like four days is still good. Uh, like you were saying yesterday with Whole Foods, 
Yeah. It's, it's, there's just it, like you want to support the small business, but we're we're accustomed to the time and the speed. Of it's that. all about the conveniences. Yeah, it's all about the convenience. I do admire that Google is doing the the supplies though. I think that's way more important um, than than anything else, right? Because the doctors and the nurses and people that work at the hospital are the ones that are in shortage because people are being inguses and hogging up everything. Yeah, and let's hope that many other big companies doing the same, uh, especially Amazon, because I don't think we have, we talk about them a lot, but we have not heard something about, you know, Amazon giving worker well compensated or giving out donations to the pandemic right now, which really sucks. Um, Cause like we said, it's such a huge company. Mm, yeah. I don't, I will see after all this, but that, that was a short story and um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Uh, but, but that's a, that's a good amount of money. That's a good chunk of money. Good, good pocket change. All right. Yeah, Here, here's sure. And speaking of good chunk of money, let's go on to OnePlus 8 Pro. I don't know what that does, what that have to do with money, but here we go. So apparently there's a leak on OnePlus 8 Pro uh, with a ultramarine blue finish. Just uh, from what I've seen from the photo, from the Verge, it's just kind of like shiny blue. And so I feel like blue, white, and black has been a staple of colors for many, many phones for many years now. And they are rumored to have a 6.7-inch 6. Quad HD Plus display, a 120 hertz refresh, refresh rate screen. Mm. So that's going to be interesting because many other phones are moving from 60 hertz to 120 because would that really make a difference in, you know, for everyday use? They're going to be having 30-watt wireless charging and a three watt reverse wireless charging as well. Holy moly. Yeah, the reverse wireless charging, the only other one that I've seen is from the Note 10 Plus or Note 10 series, which what I have right now. And I don't feel like I have a use for it because there's no point in charging something that you need like right away, like mm-hmm. your earbuds, like shouldn't you charge your earbuds like the night before you go to bed? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you're like out for a long time or something. Yeah, unless you're going to camping, but at the same time, wouldn't your phone die as well? Yeah, I think maybe we're just thinking about smaller products. Maybe you're charging someone else's phone and that that makes sense because if it's reverse wireless charging, then you can charge someone else's phone or maybe or maybe you're charging your own phone and there's no like second cable. So you just like. Let, let me just put it on top of your phone real quick. Yeah, that that would <laughs> that would make the most sense. I you know, OnePlus is a company that's really interesting because they start off as the most budget good like quality budget friendly, budget friendly quality. They cut the right corners off the off the product and people fell in love with them and they've sort of they're they used to be like four hundred dollar phones, three hundred dollar phones, and now it's escalated to this like $800 price, I believe. What was the last OnePlus? Like one plus seven. And yeah, I feel like it has been a year or so 
Um, so right now you can get about for 400 or so. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Was it the top spec that was 800 or 700? I think so. The, the OnePlus 7 Pro is about that price range. Mm, okay, so it's it's weird how people have stuck to them and been so loyal, even though there's been like a price raise. And I think that what they've done so well is actually listen to every single thing that the customers want. And it's really, I feel like it's, that's their biggest strength. Like there's, I've never seen anything like that. And I think it's really, really great. I also love the colors, like the blue, like the blue with yeah. the one plus seven. Oh man, that was, that was really shiny. And I shiny think it goes blue. shiny blue. I would categorize, I don't think it's sapphire. I think it's a different color, but it's like, like the, um, the, the, like the newest note, man, like those two phones are very unique and something I'd probably not put a case on. I'd maybe like a clear case, but it's Yeah, that's what that you, I have on with the Note 10. I yeah, have a clear case. Yeah, right. Like you, you want to show off that color and it's extremely recognizable. So I think they did a good, uh, like a, they did a great choice on the design. <clears throat> and I mean, I don't know, like, this is like a great budget phone still. If you're in the Android ecosystem and you're looking for a budget and I think, and I think it's like a, like the thing that you go with when you're trying to buy like your parents something that's not going to break the bank. Yeah. Uh, you know, sure. it's, it does everything really well. So I'm yeah, excited so about this. We are hoping to hear from them on April 14th. Uh, also another online event. So there will be that. Let's talk about the camera a little bit. This time, the camera will consist of two 48 megapixels camera, one wide angle and one ultra wide. So Thank it's God. just a dual camera phone, not a triple one. And for the front facing camera, they went with a route that Samsung is doing. There is no notch, although there is a hole punch. Mm. So it's interesting to see that they're going into with the hole punch idea because with the OnePlus 7 Pro, the front-facing camera is a pop-up camera. It's, you know, uh, electronic control that pops up the camera, giving you this little camera whenever you need it. If you don't need it, just goes back down. And that gives the whole phone display itself a very nice edge-to-edge screen. Yeah, so it's just like seamless edge-to-edge, right? Yeah. But now they're going going backwards, kind of. That's uh, that's interesting. Well, yeah. there's that psychology where your brain automatically fill fits it, like fills in the gap that you're realizing it. So I think they're kind of banking on that because the the, the what do you call it? The Note, the Samsung Note does that too, and I I actually don't mind that. But Face ID is pretty nice, but the fact that you have to put your thumb in a specific place, Spot. yeah, yeah, it's, you know, you, you got your strengths and your weaknesses. But the whole punch, I don't know. There's a, it looks nice when it's full screen, but I still haven't heard anything like going wrong with like the the mechanics of the pop-up camera, which is, which is really great to hear. Yeah, for sure. So last gen, they have a Tokyo Ram. So I'm kind of expecting that as tech getting better, maybe a better 12 gig of RAM, like LDDR5, as they are uh, speculating, and maybe 16 gig right from the start, because, you know, RAM is getting 
more and more apps are getting heavier used. So more RAM, you know, does not hurt. And no, you cannot download more RAM. So <laughs> <laughs> now someone's gonna it's it's gonna be like an April Fool's thing. You can have download more RAM. Download more RAM. Okay. Yeah, so the punch out camera, uh punch out whole camera, I don't think it is a bother as I have the Note 10 and like you said, it kind of covers this like your mind just kind of like filter it out. And what OnePlus is doing is that they're doing on the left side of the screen, um, not from the right side, like mm-hmm. the Samsung or the middle. And I'm interested in how they're going to do, you know, kind of, kind of cover it up with the wallpaper. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's not intrusive at all. And maybe it's because we use dark mo- mode uh, all the time now, a lot of yeah. us. Yeah. So that kind of it's, the, only, it's well. the best option. Like I'm I'm amazed that some people still use light mode. It's like, what are you doing with your life? Right. It's just like it's waste it's just so bright, man. Yeah. Because yeah. we are using LED uh display, right? Yeah. To me it's it's way too bright. We have excited about this one. Hopefully I'm still hoping that they bring in that filter effect, that uh polarizing filter effect that they did on the prototype. Right. And the, which which cards did they use? Uh, was it was it a McLaren edition? Yeah, I think it was the McLaren edition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe maybe not this one. Maybe the next one. Maybe the one plus nine will will bring on that because I think that's more interesting. Um, but yeah, hope thank God that they went with a freaking ultra wide because mm, I feel like portrait mode's dying out. Just like. Yeah, like, I mean, mm-hmm. you have forty-eight megapixels. You can crop however you want so zooming in would not be a problem yeah yeah and hopefully they're i don't think they will i don't think one plus will be the one to solve the issue where the lenses are different like indifference in quality because usually mm-hmm. one of them suffers and it's usually the, the ultra wide yeah so we'll see where this goes and hopefully they have a price announcement on both one plus eight and the one plus eight pro what do you think is going to be at uh, I, I just want to hope that they don't go a past a thousand. Yikes. Know. Oh my gosh. Please right. don't. Yeah. Cause one plus is a company that was like a bang for your buck phone. Right. Yeah. They were so prestigious that when they were innovating the original one plus, they had exclusive invites only. Ooh. I mean, who does that? You know? Uh-huh, so dude. the fact that they did that and now they're transitioning to almost a first party phone a first party you know triple a company triple a triple a auto insurance <laughs> and so i i am hoping that they are going 800 or less uh maybe 800 for the pro and then a little bit less for the regular version and mm-hmm. we'll see what's the difference are maybe screen size most of yeah the time. maybe one camera wait did both of them say that there was going to be leaked that both of them are going to be both of them are going to be announced on their uh, on their website on April 14th, mm-hmm. online event. And hopefully, they will talk more about the specs and everything Ooh. from there. It's going to, you know, the Apple, okay, it's either iPhone SE2, which I don't think it's going to be not called that, or the iPhone 9 is going to be released, supposedly rumored on the 15th. So iPhone it's 9? I've, yeah, it's. I don't even know, what? man. Yeah, this is. I think they skipped a few numbers there, but 
Yeah, it's supposed to be rumored on the 15th, according to a lot of websites. So it'll be interesting where people go. Like the, um, I feel like it's the, the iPhone 9 is very planned to try to compete with the OnePlus because it's supposed to be like a $400 phone. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to be like the entry level Apple oh. iPhone. Yeah. Well, look out, people, for those that have older phones. You yeah. have your phone slowed down. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if they still do that. Actually, no, I don't think they do that. I think they give you the choice now because uh, everybody got mad. But, yeah, for sure. And yeah, no. it seems like the pro version of the OnePlus will be having an IP68 dust and water resistant rating. Um, mm. Apparently making it the first time that OnePlus will have that. Yeah, Kind of late so- to the market, man. Yeah, but that's that's the corner that they cut, you know. But I think they, they made the right decision on that because it's, I mean, it's taking off really, really well. And if you're really dedicated, you're probably going to buy this phone and sell off the previous one. And I think it's a good choice. And it's really weird. Yeah, it's, it feels like we're now used to every phone just having it be waterproof for like the past two or three years. And yeah, they're definitely I get so late. paranoid. Yeah, I still get, yeah, I still get paranoid because our phones used to break when we threw them in the water. Yeah, it's just like, oh, you can dunk it in water for a few minutes and it will be fine. It's like, but there's holes. Yeah, there's holes. So, shout out to the engineers that figured that out. And, uh, yeah. You want to move on to the next story? Yeah, let's move on to your next story. Yeah, so this one is YouTube. Oh, where'd you find yours? You find yours on The, the Verge. Verge. Yeah, okay, I find mine on The Verge, too. <laughs> um, this is by Julia Alexander. And it's uh, YouTube reportedly working on a TikTok competitor called Shorts. And essentially, it's trying to compete with TikTok. Um, it's going to be really, really short form content. And, you know, I don't think this is the only one. Uh, oh, yeah. And the article says this is not the only one because Twitter's trying to compete with this as well. And we know Facebook is trying to compete with it as well. Twitter? Yeah, Twitter's trying to make something. I mean, they kill... They- they created that platform but then they killed it yeah I mean, they, come on what the hell man <laughs> yeah hey man we don't cause on the spot and um there and facebook is trying to compete with them as well and uh that is freaking yeah that's that's a little crazy like everyone's trying to do the because exa- tiktok saw 125 percent grow over the past two years according to app annie um, and this is all on the article below, but everybody's trying to compete with TikTok now, which is crazy. And going back to YouTube, I think we've, tr- we've seen YouTube try to be like a one-stop shop and it never, like they, they did live, like gaming, YouTube live and YouTube gaming, but then it didn't take off as well as it, as it should have been. Then they tried it youtube stories and that's like youtube stories is the most bizarre feature like it it doesn't make any sense and uh i'm not a personal fan of it and now they're trying to do this so they're it feels like they don't succeed that well when they try to copy other other platforms yeah and youtube have poses now so you can post just regular posts like oh yeah, yeah, yeah yeah like face yeah it doesn't like it feels very half-baked. Like, it, it never takes off, especially with the gaming. Gaming was, to me, 
the biggest one that they try to replicate to compete with Twitch because there were so many people just leaving YouTube for Twitch when Twitch was like like the best platform to stream because there was nothing like it, right? I don't think Mixer had came along when they first launched it. So, Isn't that the Microsoft one? <clears throat> Mixer? Yeah. Yeah, that's the, that's the Microsoft one. And it's like, mm, it doesn't seem authentic. Like YouTube gaming doesn't feel as what like well like well integrated or well formatted to me uh, maybe because I'm, I'm not a big gamer but it just it's just like youtube stories too youtube stories is kind of half-baked and kind of quirky it's like seven days and you reply in a really weird way and you can only reply with another video that lasts seven days so it's like how are they going to do with shorts? What shorts going to be like shorts going to be, is that going to be its own category? Is it going to be in a different playlist? Is it going to be showing your subscription box? Because they might make another app just for that. Yeah. Are they going to make another app? Like there's so much stuff on YouTube that YouTube tries to do. That's like, like what, what is the direction? But I still, the weird thing is that they're still the most successful, right? In, in terms of, video platform like the video platform it's youtube there's vimeo vimeo's for snobs um and um you can only go in there if you shoot in freaking like 8k um, oh really it, i didn't yeah, know that yeah that's that's the that's the rule you know you have to uh shoot 8k you can only shoot with um vintage lenses and you only you can only use like uh hipster presets yes Make sure you yeah. get that loot going. Yeah, make sure you get the green tones in there. So, it, I don't know. Like, TikTok has done it really well. And it's true, right? Like, Twitter Twitter built this. Like, what what happened there? Like, yeah, what? like, why are you coming back? But yeah, like, what if Vine did not went away, you know? Yeah, yeah. Vine, like, people stay do it. People still say do it for the Vine. And it's it's hilarious one, but there's still like the Byte competitor. Like Byte has Byte. I have the app on it on here, and it's the exact same thing as TikTok. It's um. I think the design looks better though, and the the thing is like TikTok had just very a lot of advertisement, and there was another article I read about how TikTok just builds on top of itself with the more users it gets. So they, they understood that really well, I thought. There's they, The users were like, okay, we're just building on top of each other and we're remixing each other's stuff. So that's why they succeeded too. And I don't think YouTube gets that because they have like a really big copyright strike problem. Like you hear from everybody. Right. The, the copyright system is broken. Like I get demonetized all the time. So... Yeah, the moment you use someone else's footage and you didn't credit them or they didn't prove, boom. Yeah, it's not, yeah, that's it. Really sucks. But TikTok has sort of figured that out, but in short form ways and with the music industry. So, like, I don't, I don't know if YouTube is wasting their time on this because it feels to me it feels like it does because it's going to be like, okay, shorts. You're using someone's copyrighted video. Is that going to go underneath your? youtube account like your big youtube account let's say you're like uh the big creator right now um 
like Philip Peter DeFranco, <laughs> Peter McKinnon, Philip DeFranco, Peter McKinnon, uh, you know, uh, before they were famous, like what happens when they make like a TikTok video and they're dancing to some like copywritten music? Is their big YouTube channel going to get demonetized? Is, it, is that one strike against you? Because some like rando from some like rando music production company, are they just going to copyright you and strike you and take your money, right? Because they have way more views. So it's like, that. I don't feel like it's going to work. Like YouTube Shorts is not going to work. It's going to be like half-baked again. Yeah, and we'll see when they come out, you know, we'll see the platform and what the audi- audience kind of general reaction to it. And let's hope that they don't take this too far, you know, in terms of copyright. Oh, I really man. hope stuff does work out because YouTube have been kind of been slowing down a lot in terms of their creators. Yeah. Um, just not great anymore. Yeah. There's a lot of complaints on it, but it's, it feels like there, there's a saying in economics or like during the recession, there was like, it's too big to fail. Like, like banks are too big to fail. So that's what YouTube feels like. It's too big to fail. And I, I don't know where people would go really. Like where, what is the next platform? I'd love to know what it is. And hopefully they figure out the copyright strike problem. And hopefully it's not Vimeo because uh, <laughs> Vimeo, I don't I really, I don't really don't like Vimeo, <laughs> but Facebook, but, but Twitter, like Twitter is a whole nother thing, right? Like they clearly had the, the first to market advantage and now they're trying to go back to it. Like you said. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Are are they going to call it something else now? Are they going to probably because they wouldn't just bring back Vine. That would be a, I wouldn't say a crappy move, but like, I don't know. feels weird to have Vine back, man. Dude, I would actually, I think people would go back to it for the nostalgia. Like the David Dobricks of the world would definitely go back to the Vine. And if you have that kind of big of a, of a name, you would definitely get back a lot of users. Yeah, for sure. And but- I feel like they should do something quick. Um, otherwise TikTok will just keep on growing as a result anyway. Yeah, it's like TikTok has figured something out with like music because a lot of videos just rely so heavily on music. And yeah, it's just about building on top of one another. And it's it's really unique. I, I still don't get it. Like, Like I don't get the dances and stuff, but you know, if it works for people, then it works for people. Yeah, I mean, great for artists that are making music they get a shout out every time in tiktok it's tiktok famous yeah and apparently you can just save from the app and like you can't like that's a whole nother discussion like you can't save youtube videos like you can't download youtube videos and it's the platform has been here for like 20 years and youtube downloaders still suck like like, <laughs> if, like if youtube said for three dollars you get to download people's videos if they check out for mark and they get a portion of it. I'd be like, heck yeah. Like I would, I would pay for that because it's so hard to like find, like if I'm trying to like analyze like a product and I have a great commercial and I want to like put it on top of like the video for B-roll. Yeah. Like, there's like this whole gymnastics I have to do in order to like download the video. And it gets to the point where it's like, 
you know what? I don't want to show this anymore. I don't even want to <laughs> is, talk is about it. Is it even worth it? <laughs> yeah. It's, is it even worth it? Like the, I think music is a little bit different because now you can like type in like lo-fi hip hop, copyright free. And I think there's been a way around that just a bit more with smaller artists. But if you're trying to use like a big song or big video, it's like super difficult to, to even download it or find a way to download it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But that again, if, if creators are like, yeah, you can use my video for your B-roll shot or whatever, or to like use it for documentary or something, then here you go. It's like, I'd pay like five bucks for that a month. Oh yeah, for sure. That, that would five. be, um, yeah, that would be great. Cause otherwise you would have to go on stock videos and some of them don't, doesn't have what you need, you know? Yeah. Stock footage, is, you can clearly tell it's stock footage. It's so bad. Like, especially the office ones not not the office <laughs> the show but like office stock footage is like the worst it's like everybody looks way too happy and it's way too generic stocks photos in with the uh white background oh yeah <laughs> oh man that's uh that's all another story uh let's uh, i feel like we spend a little bit too much time on this but this yeah i don't i don't see youtube shorts going anywhere all right so let's talk about this pandemic again okay sure. International Center of Photography, which I did not know this is a thing. And they are actually is a museum. Um, right now, they're based in Lower East Side of Manhattan in New York, of course. Found this on New York Times. And what they are is basically a museum, uh, a place for you to get workshop if they do offer ones. So all centric about photography. And funny enough, this museum was founded by Cornell Kappa in 1974. Yeah. That's that's pretty long and I'm just like, what? That's been around? What? <laughs> and what he hopes to do with ICP is to open to educate and change the world by, you know, having photographs, displaying photographs that would uh, I wouldn't say controversial, but just to document the world around you. And so hopefully to change someone's view on a particular topic. So uh, that is what I preach about photography, right? Uh, when it comes to documenting our life around me, you know, capturing what's going on. So this right now would be the perfect time for me to do that for anyone who to do that. Uh, just because this is a pandemic of the first people, like first time millennials experience something like this. Um, you, you heard of the Black Death, you know, the Spanish flu, all in the history book, but you don't really get to live through that movement. And now you do. It's kind of scary. Now you know why they died so many people. Wait, are and... you hearing that hiss? No, I do not hear that hiss. Oh, I mean, it might be just my, my, my headphones. Sorry about and that. your volume is a little bit low. Okay, keep going. Sorry. Technical problems. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, so it's great to document the life around you. And right now, what they're planning to do is to gather a large group of photos. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're a pro photographer or just someone who just take photos for fun. And so you can share your photos with them on Instagram uh, by using the hashtag ICPConcerned. And you can submit that to, through Instagram or even submission through email at um, social, social media at icp.org. And so 
this will change the world. This will be displayed, hopefully it will be displayed onto their website or some sort of exhibition in around in the near future. And to date, right now, the ICP have received over 3,000 submissions. That's quite a lot, but it is up to you to make sure that the photograph looks good, um, you know, just to document what's going on. People are scared of one another. You can photograph people in a mask, empty streets, empty shelves on, you know, in Safeway or whatnot. So I do encourage that. And I feel like we have seen these all around and Isaac and I have been kind of photographing and documenting what's happening here in the Bay, especially in the supermarket area. We have seen many aisles being cleaned out uh, before and after the lockdown was announced. It, it's just crazy, man. And people have been making memes out of everything, too. Yeah, dude. It's, um, it's kind of nuts, right? Yeah. And, you know people making memes that is also another type of awareness that people are raising around the world um you know everyone's looking at memes and that's a great way to share what's going on yeah it's uh you know like b- before the shutdown happened everybody was at the grocery store like oh last minute shopping <laughs> but yeah like um like if you like we're allowed to just like regularly exercise so, like, when you walk around, like, the parks and stuff, you're like, what the heck? Like, it's, it's so empty. It's empty. It's, like, awkward. Like, everyone's, a, you know, like, when you would naturally just pass one another, like, people are going around one another, like, you know, like, how dogs, like, circle one another. Yeah. Yeah, I think that would be an interesting photo to capture. And I've actually never heard of this, like, what is it like foundation i don't know yeah the icp the international center of photography yeah i've never heard of it i guess they're getting their recognition right now with uh everybody talking about but i think it it is very important because you know we don't no photographer is allowed in the hospital it's only the people that are like the hospital workers that are documenting this and i think they they have bigger concerns than to um like you know professionally document this yeah so I think it'll be interesting to to see that because we don't get to see like the horror that goes in there and you know see I've subscribed to quite a fit quite a few doctors on YouTube and they're like you know it's it's pretty bad and from all over the world so I, I think it'll be an interesting perspective and to see what's happening uh, <clears throat> to see what's happening uh, just like with a different view so uh, you know I don't know if the I don't know if people like doctors are just like holding up until everything's over to show it or they want to show it right away. Cause it's, cause I'm pretty sure they have like ethical rules that they have to follow. But yeah. yeah sure. this, this sounds like an interesting reason to ask people for their photos. And sorry, I was trying to fix my mic. Did you say that this was going to be like, was this going to be up for a gallery or a website or um, how was it? Hopefully, because they are just asking people to contribute their their share, um, yeah. either through Instagram or through the email. Mm-hmm. And so hopefully they would have some sort of exhibition going on in the near mm-hmm. future. Yeah, and that, I think that that'd be interesting to go around the United States and really show it because certain areas are heavily impacted. And um, yeah, I think this is a really good piece and hopefully gets put together as a book or something. 
you know, yeah, for, for, sure. for the right reasons, not not to be like dumb. It, but it's like, history. Yeah, you know? like properly recorded history. And not only that's the first time that there's a pandemic and everybody has a phone and a, and a camera to, you know, show like, oh, shoot, this is this this was documented very well. So props to the, to the foundation that's doing that. And hopefully it's a it's a good piece of work. And uh, yeah. yeah, hopefully they if they make it into a book, hopefully they donate it to the people that were affected by it. Yeah, and I feel like I gotta share my experience with photographing the street. Um, I went down to my area once or twice. Uh, my area has, you know, around like Safeway and whatnot, and people would go there. There's tons of people there, even though they shouldn't be going out. Uh, you know, even walking their dog. So I was just walking around with my mask on, um, and then I walked past this woman. Um, you know, just walking her walking her dog she kind of looked a little bit more on the elderly side and as we crossed paths from each other she you know gradually and casually took her scarf and covered her her nose and mouth area I'm just like oh um like are you scared or are you doing that because I'm Asian and you're scared of that that's just that's just bizarre to me yeah it's um really strange times and I don't I don't know. It's really, yeah, it's really weird because it used to be so full, like shopping centers and just like everything in between, right? So, well, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, documenting is very difficult. I, I think San Francisco, yeah, San Francisco would be an interesting place because everything's so full, right? Like you see the pictures from like the New York, like from New York too, where like Times Square is just completely empty. It's like, what the heck happened here? Yeah, exactly. Like Union Square in San Francisco. So yeah, yeah just keep on creating, uh, but just be safe. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to move on to, what was, what was my other story? Oh, here it is. So uh, you know how we were talking about the 5DSR yesterday? And the day before. <laughs> and the day before that. Uh, well, let's just say that there's an, there's an even like more dark horse of a camera I don't know what you'd call it a unicorn because unicorn means like a magical uh, magical. I would say that the 5DS Canon EOS 5DS. I didn't even know. I completely forgot about this. This 5DS. camera. Yeah. 5DS and 5DS R. Yeah. yeah. They both. I didn't. I com- What was the difference? Like, I guess these cameras. The megapixel counts. I, I don't think. think I forget. So I see. Yeah. 50 megapixels built in intervalometer. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Full HD 30p capability. I forgot. I forgot what made them different. Like, I, same megapixel count, five frames continuous shooting. But <clears throat> this photographer, Mr. Matin Le Suisse, um, captured like a insane 16k HDR like uh, time lapse using the Canon 5DS. And some of the key points was that. You know, he took us through the process. He's a Sigma 35-1.4 to capture everything. And he combined, like, I'll link it below. It's on Petapixel. It's, like, it's really, like, beautiful. And the way that it's shot, it's really, like, a nice wide screen. And you just see so much detail, so much incredible, like, like the transitions and stuff. I think it's, like, the way that he captured it and the way that it looks and the amount of detail that really caught my attention. And one of the point of his work was that or like how he broke the process down was that 
quote, the Mac Pro workstation got so hot, we could quite literally could, could have fried an egg on top Oof. near the heat exhaust. And when that's when we were using two external fans blowing at full speed. So, uh, you know, end quote, like, it's really crazy that he took like a million, no, 1,200, no, 12K frames um, in order to make this and then stitch it through Lightroom and make sure everything looked good and then process it. Through. It's like, man, that must have been a lot of, you know, gigabytes of storage, but it looks incredible. And uh, I mean, I was just so mesmerized. And I think this is one of the uses for this camera because we were just like thinking, who's going to use this camera, right? Aside from, yeah, yeah, like commercial work, but for landscape too, I thought it did really, really great. But most of it was shot in uh, like sunset, I would say, sunset and bright light. So it, there was not too much um, night stuff where it, it might have not handled it as well. But it's incredible, and I'll link it down below. Yeah, and it seems like the difference between the 5DS and the 5DSR is this one little filter called LPF. Uh, oh. Low-pass filters. Yeah. Yeah, so Our, it seems like the 5DSR does not have a low-pass filter, um, giving it a little higher, you know, a little more of uh, sharpness to each photo that you'll be taking. Oh, man, yeah, these are, yeah, this super, yeah, this super niche. I'd, uh, yeah, I guess they... I don't know if they would revamp these like hmm like do they because I, I remember like there being a, quite a few niche astrophotography cameras too I know I know the, Nikon uh, released one yeah the Nikon D810E something what does like the that? E stand for I don't know special edition special <laughs> know. edition yeah I remember that camera is like oh this is for astrophotography and I don't use and, that I don't like astrophotographers. I don't even know how you make money shooting the stars, bro. Stock like, photos. Stock photos. <laughs> sell them off. Some people do a really great job. And uh, I know that I remember seeing some dude, like he just did it for fun. And then he got invited to like one of the highest points in the world to take it. And it looked like super cool and uh, very interesting. But everybody should check out this video because it's, it's really incredible. And I, I love, I think I just love widescreen, like how the widescreen looks and the detail. So, yeah, because it's cinematic. <laughs> no, not because it's cinematic, it's just because it's well shot. And I don't know, it's just awesome. I'm going to make a shirt that says, stop using cinematic. <laughs> stop using the word, no, you're not cinematic. No, you're not a cinemat- cinematographer. Uh, cinematographer. <laughs> yeah. So it seems like this is a huge dedication, you know, upon just rigging up his setup uh, I'm looking at. You've you got to make sure you point at each um, direction just enough to cover this wide shot and just stitch it together just oh, perfectly. Oh, yeah. He used two cameras. Yeah, he, he didn't use one camera. He used two cameras. So I guess that's why the, the, cam- the freaking uh, light room and the computer were like heating up like crazy. It was the, the trash can Mac Pro, too. Oof, dude! Just uh, one fan. Yeah, just one fan. Worst choice ever. But awesome work, awesome work. Alrighty, so I think that's kind of wrapped up this time around for the podcast for today. Yeah, and um, yeah, again, we're do- we're doing these every day: Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Sunday. And yeah, we'll uh, we'll come back with it tomorrow again, hopefully with uh even good even better news 
Yeah, for sure. And hopefully we have more other news instead of this, you know, everything covers COVID-19 and we'll go from there. So where can we find you, Isaac? Uh, you can find me on YouTube at Isaac Mihangos, Twitter, Isaac Mihangos was uh, 1A. And uh, you can send us a voicemail on uh, anchor.fm slash Isaac Mihangos slash message. And it's also at the bottom of the Spotify description. What about you? You can find me on Instagram at Jackie the Little and on Twitter, Jackie the Little. Someone took my name once again. So yeah, give us, reach out to us and give us questions, comments, whatever. At the end of the day, I thank you so much for your time, your attention. My name is Isaac Pihangos, and I'll catch you in the next one. Bye.